What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas has obviously fired offensive coordinator Danny Nose. We're going to talk about that a lot today. Talk about Sam Pittman's press conference today being Monday, October 23rd, 2023. And we're going to be joined by Keith Grace and get a little bit of fan perspective on what he thinks about the moves that Arkansas has made. We'll talk to Danny West, get some recruit reaction uh, to the recent changes, and also check in with Andrew Ellis. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel if you haven't done so. And take us a minute Take a minute to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. Uh, I was looking at the walk and talk numbers on uh, Saturday, and 67% of the people that watched the walk and talk weren't subscribed to the YouTube channel. So take a moment and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so. Interact with the video. As I always say, show it to your pappy. He doesn't know about it. He doesn't know about this show, and uh, he's still interested in the Hawks, even though they're 2-6 and six and um, have been on a horrific six-game losing skid. Where do we start? I mean, obviously with Danny Nose. So Danny Nose is fired. I was sitting around Sunday, getting some work done. Had some buddies ask if I wanted to get away and play golf. I mean, like, I love the up and down, and you know, I love the back and forth and trash and all that stuff. Along with the good, it's part of the job. But I do think that if I had like an HR department, they would probably say you need to find another job. Uh, this is a toxic environment. <laughs> so, um, but I love it. And um, even even in the down times, you know, it's just it's just part of it. Bringing getting to to bring the news and and all that to you guys. But I had some friends say, "Hey, you want to get away? Um, we're going to try to go play golf." And I was like, "Well," uh, and then I started sitting there thinking. I was like, "Man, if." If, if there's not a move made by 2 o'clock, then I'm, I'm getting out of here and I'm going to go play nine holes of golf on Sunday. And, uh, of course, 2 o'clock on the nose, um, we got the press release that Danny Nose was fired as offensive coordinator. Uh, it, had to, it had to happen. If you watch the walk and talk on Saturday, you, you know what I was saying. I mean, it, it had to happen. Here's the release from the university. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has relieved offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Dan Enos of his duties, and he is no longer a member of the Razorback program, effective immediately. Wide receivers coach and former Ohio State quarterback Kenny Guyton will take over play-calling duties for the Hogs for the remainder of the season. Guyton's never called plays before, uh, but it's, it can't get any worse, can it? And Guyton's also, what this release doesn't state, is uh, that Guyton will also take over coaching quarterbacks. You know, as you remember, Guyton played quarterback at Ohio State. It's a big opportunity for Kenny Guyton. Um you know, I've talked about this offense before. It is not the offense that we saw in the spring or in fall. Uh, Sam Pittman talked a lot about at his press conference today, you know, that he talked about rolling the pocket, moving the pocket, you know, getting KJ outside, running boots and things like that. And they just don't do it in game. They had 29 throws from the pocket, and that's where they're really struggling. So you kind of got the sense from Pittman, he was talking about the spirit just wasn't with the team. You know, they weren't, they weren't in it. And, I mean, that was obvious, wasn't it? I mean, you could see them, you know, how they take the field. Like, even against Mississippi State, there's just no energy out there. And I think a lot of that is they didn't believe in the offense. You know, Arkansas averaged 471 yards per game last year. Right now, they're dead last in the SEC in points per game and yards per game. 
Never would have expected that. A lot of the problems are up front. They can't block, and I'm not just talking about the offensive line. Tight ends can't block. Running backs can't pick up blitzes. Uh, it's just been a struggle all the way around with this offense. And usually it's a sign, not that you needed any more signs, but when the coach says we got to simplify things or pare it down, uh, that's always a sign that, uh, you know, that the end is near. Of course, we know the end has already come for Dan Enos. So not going to change a whole lot in terms of what their plans are for practice leading up to this uh, bye week. Uh, obviously, Florida's next. Florida plays Georgia, I believe, this week. So that's a, a tough opponent for them. And, you know, the big talk is like, what does Sam Pittman have to do? What does Sam Pittman have to do to salvage his job? Now, his press conference today, I thought he did a really good job given the circumstances. Um, it's, that's not going to – you're not going to save your job with a good press conference, obviously. Uh, to me, what's got, what he's got to do is they've got to show a big turnaround in offensive production, the defense, you know, still putting it to them and um, still not letting go, you know. that's That's got to be a big part, not – being completely divided as a team. That's when you see – that's when you would see somebody like me say, okay, this is done. It's over. The the players have given up. They've quit. It's time for a change. There's nothing to salvage here. Uh, I do think that there are some things, as crazy as that may sound to some people, to potentially salvage. Now, what Sam Pittman's got to do for that to happen, he's got to win at least two of these next three SEC games, in my opinion, and that includes the Missouri game. Needs to win the last game. Um and I'm not even sure that'll do it for him. I mean, it may be it may be too far gone. But when you look at the state of the program right now, like they've lost six games by a combined average score of six points a game, 6.0, six points a game. They lost – I mean, just to review, I mean, they lost to BYU by seven. That was a game that they absolutely could not lose heading into that road stretch, and they lost it. They lost to BYU by seven. They lost at LSU by three. They lost to Texas A&M by 12. To me, that was the one game where they got really just whipped altogether. Um, And then uh, they lost to Ole Miss by seven, again, on the road. They lost – to Alabama by three, and then they lost to Mississippi State by four. A Mississippi State team that, as we spoke about, I mean, they were giving up 29.5 points a game, which was, you know, what, 96 or something nationally, um, giving up a ton of yards a game. You know, uh, there's no reason that Arkansas's offense should have been so stagnant against them and so predictable. I mean, just predictable and uh, poor blocking, just – just bad all the way around. Pittman didn't have any choice but to fire Enos. He didn't. Um, and Enos had to be fired. I mean, he's, he did a terrible job here. It just did not work. And, you know, Pittman made a good point. Like, maybe it would have worked somewhere else, but it just did not jive here. It didn't jive with the players. And uh, there was just no energy, no spirit. It's unfortunate that it took this long to realize that. You know, I do think with, with Pittman, if they can do something unexpected – and he somehow saves his job. Um, he's got to do something pretty magical in terms of an offseason hire at, at coordinator and fix it like he fixed the defense. Because the defense, I mean, it's really remar- remarkable how much improved the defense is from a year ago. I think you're going to see a lot more up-tempo. I think you're going to see a lot more of what Kendall Browse did at Arkansas, taking the parts from Minos's offense that are like what Kendall Browse did and implementing that moving forward. Kenny Guyton worked with Browse at Houston. He worked with him at Arkansas, obviously, and he's also worked under uh, Enos. Um, so there's that. 
you know. So if you like fast internet speeds, then you're going to want to check out our friends at Ozarks Go. Check them out at ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. You can also reach them by phone and talk to somebody local because it is a local company, 479-684-4900, ozarksgo.net slash hog. I've spoken about this several times. My internet never cuts out. I mean, that's the end of the commercial. That's it. My internet has not cut out in two and a half years since I've had them. End of show. Great price, competitive price. They're not going to jack it up from the rest of the, you know, from the next few years or whatever. So you're just going to get a great price. You can pay the same price next year. So, I mean, I've been very pleased with them. I've had a lot of different internet service providers, and Ozarks Go has been great. Multi-gig, gigabit, several different tiers, several different options for you. Ozarksgo.net slash hog, 479-684-4900. Where'd it go? Florida, Arkansas kickoff time announced. I'll give you one guess. Do I even need to say it? 11 a.m. ESPN 2. That's in 12 days. The remainder of the schedule looks like this. At Florida, Auburn in Fayetteville. Auburn's beatable. Mississippi State was as beatable as anybody they played, but Auburn is beatable. Uh, Florida International, obviously, you'd like to see them take care of business there. And then rounding things out with Missouri, I almost feel like it almost doesn't matter if they, you know, beat Florida and Auburn. Like, you almost kind of got to beat Missouri at the end of the year, kind of spoil their party. Their party. Um, uh, that's a big game for Sam Pittman. They're all big. I mean, this this stretch, he's got to do something different. And and I know for a lot of people, are, are everybody's got their coaching hot boards ready, you know, and I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't started looking over, um, you know, possible candidates that are out there and things like that. Uh, everybody's, you know, I just know that when you're in it, things can change, mindsets can change. And, um, you know, the best thing for Arkansas, until players let go of the rope, it's, you know, I guess – I don't know what the best thing for Arkansas is. I don't know why I said that. I mean, winning obviously cures a lot of things. So, tough situation for Sam Pittman right now, and uh, his job is on the line. I mean, there's no other, there's no nice way to put that. It's just your job's on the line, and people want to see results. And I don't know that like changing coordinators is like going to create this sudden change and turnaround with Arkansas's offense. It's not like they're suddenly going to be able to block SEC defensive ends, you know. But uh, maybe they can get some things squared away, get more feedback from K.J. Jefferson about what he thinks is going to work, involve him more. I don't know. Arkansas basketball beat uh, UT Tyler uh, on Friday, 92-39. Yep, 92-39. And they play Purdue Saturday that's going to be a fun one. Three o'clock. That's on SEC Network Plus. That doesn't mean you have to go sign up for something new if you're already getting SEC Network. You just have to go to the app or watch ESPN, and you'll be able to watch the game. But I'm expecting just a packed house in Bud Walton Arena. No football game. So Saturday, October 28th, 3 p.m. against Purdue, which is ranked number three nationally. And Arkansas is 14. Dave Van Horn feels really good about the Arkansas's depth. Says uh, is it's competitive, deep one of his deepest squads that they've had as they uh, wrap up fall practices. Um, you're going to have to wait a while. Obviously, they play James Madison on February 16th for a four-game series, so it's going to be a while before baseball gets going. But just wrapping up, 
ball practices. So that's it. All right, we're going to go to somebody we haven't gone to in a while, Keith Grayson. I wonder what old Keith has to say about the state of this football program. Keith has been very busy coaching his own squad, doing all the other stuff. He's kind of a man of many duties. Hey, brother. How you doing? Pretty good. Are we on the show now? Because you yeah. called me and we weren't. I had to call you before because you haven't been on all season, and I had to make sure you understood how things worked. You know, it's there's been a while. Not, there's, there's never been any sort of pre-show arrangement. Right. Right. I came out of the gate hot. Now I forgot everything I said. Yeah. Well, um, for those listening, he thought when I called him earlier, you know, that he was on the show and he came out with a rant and uh, – I was like, you think you're on the show right now, don't you? <laughs> it was pretty entertaining for me only. Yeah, glad you liked it, Trey. Yeah. So, uh, Keith, what do you think about the state of Razorback football? I mean, you, you, nobody nobody predicts like that this is how the season's going to go and that Sam Pittman's job is at stake going into the year. It's the same with Chad Morris before his second year. Nobody said, all right, this is it. You know, and Brett Bielema's last season, nobody was like, he's done at the end of this year if it doesn't go right. But And nobody was talking about Sam Pittman's job security before the season started. What are your thoughts on all that? I think the difference is everybody likes to compare it to the worst of times, and and we're not getting beat 49-7. to You know, I mean, it's just right there for the taking. He needs to get credit for the Travis Williams hire. It's been sensational on that side of the ball and with recruiting. So, I mean, you can't like – it's everybody just loves to be so negative all the time. That's why I can't I, – I don't live in that world. I, I, even though, like, I mean, I, I coach football as well, and um, I'm in a hell fire type of season where it's like nothing is working, but you have to remain positive on some front. You have to, you have to take some good out of it or – you're just kind of a loser. You know, you can't just like all the people that are sitting there just like lambasting the hell, just dissecting every word out of the guy's mouth. It's just like that says more about the person than Sam Pittman, in my opinion, in the state of the fans. Like we're just miserable people. (laughs) That's that's a good way to put it. Uh, You know, I was thinking on my way back from the press conference and, you know, it's, it's interesting for me, like in my job, because like, I'll, you know, I do this show and I do the walk and talk where I'm just, you know, you know, talking about everything I feel and, you know, just kind of letting stuff pour out of me. And, you know, then I go sit in the front row and talk face to face to the guy that I just criticized uh, for everything. But I was, you know, I was on my way back today and I was thinking, man, it's week nine coming up of this football season. It has just gone by so fast and we wait, you know, eight months you know, spend all this time investing in football, all the work that goes into it, and it just goes just like that. And it's unfortunate uh, that it gets so negative and that they don't win. Yeah, and the thing is, I think you gave me the idea too. Like, you're you you text Pittman after losses, right? Yeah, I'll text him after losses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been texting him for two months straight without a response, so I don't know what that means. But I uh, I, I took you up on that because I, I like to reach out to people when they're you know it, it yeah. can't be good all the time. I've never but, texted but him I, after a win, but just but after some losses, I, I've texted him. Yes, I, I just feel that you know, as as a Razorback fan, I and and as a Sam Pittman fan, they they both can be the same. So I I from my perspective, we hired a guy that 
cried when he got the job. You want that, right? You want somebody that's kind of a part that feels the way you do about the program to be successful. And that's their dream to live their dream out. Like you you have to root for the guy and the, and the team. And then the second it starts going one way, everybody's like fire everybody, but mm-hmm. I'm still rooting for the, because if he, he, it, we all directly benefit from him doing well. So you have to, would you want him to succeed as opposed to there's people online that want people to lose so we can fire them? That is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Uh, and like you say all the time, you call people out for being children. They're, they're childish. Right. They're, you know, I think people sometimes use football as a way to vent for their own you know personal stuff. But at, at the same time, people are justified for being upset with the way this season has gone. I mean, we had very high expectations for 2023 Arkansas football. And, uh, but you, you make a lot of good points too. And I, I wonder also like, say things go the way they're going. Pittman's fired. I mean, that's, that's where everything's trending. Um, what's next year look like? You know, next year's going to suck because it's a new era, SEC and all this stuff, Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. And here you have, you know, a coaching change and maybe the only school in the SEC that has a coaching change. And that first year is always, almost always, unless it's Houston Nut 98, almost always brutal. It just is. Like, think about, you know, people, you know how many times I've been asked if they could get Bobby Petrino back um, in the past couple of weeks. But just think about how bad that first year under Petrino was. You know, it was just – that's you can almost guarantee that 2024 is going to stink. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough spot, man. And, I, I mean, there's not a good answer. I mean no, – it's not a good answer. I, I don't. I don't feel for Hunter Urechek, and I mean, I like that's that's a tough spot for him to be in. It's a tough spot for. I mean, and I sympathize with Pittman because I'm, as a coach, I'm going through a worse situation than that than the Razorbacks. And so, mm-hmm. but and and then on the flip side, everything in my outside of sports and football is going really really well, mm-hmm. the best it's ever been. So, but I still feel like crap all the time. Because I couldn't get out of bed at 9 a.m. to I'd just sit there and watch it on my phone, kind of sleep through the offensive possessions, and wake up when we, you know, get the scoop and score, and then it's called back on a false start, which I've never seen happen in a game. Mm. Like I just like things that are just not. It's just again, it's a I'd say it, it's a vortex of sports where like. It's the upside down world where it, nothing makes any sense. It's amazing how many times, like throughout my lifetime, I've watched a big play for Arkansas get, you know, a penalty by the other team, like saved them, you know. So you're getting a lot of harassing emails and uh, and Twitter stuff, call it, people calling for your firing of your high school team and all that stuff. Oh, no, I kind of endure that in public. <laughs> I, I get booed on the field. I, although I think the people, like, I mean, our, our defense is doing pretty well. We're just out there all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to be a college yeah. coach. Are well, people I, like I mean, defending you? They're like Keith Grayson. He's a great. He's a great cultural fit for this high school. But <laughs> 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 I don't like no. the guy, but he's just not getting it done. <laughs> no, I think if you've seen me coach live, um, I had a family friend out here, and I was I see stars a couple times during the game, and that's how loud I scream at mm-hmm. stuff to get a play call in or whatever. So I, I'm definitely living it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're probably running stuff. That's when you say stars, when you scream, is it like it's kind of like pops, like little tiny stars, like that pop? That's what yeah, I fireworks. Get. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's a some artery in my heart that's about to like go full stop. Yeah, but um, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I think it's cleansing myself. I think it's pushing mm-hmm. all that gunk out. Right. You don't want to just push. You just want to push it down into your gut. 
<laughs> that's, but, that's but not again, what you want. I, Let it out. We've had this conversation before. We have. I, I have at, I, I wanted to be a coach and in conversations with Pittman are the reason why I coach football mm-hmm. and him like helping me get started and stuff like, like, like way off the record stuff. But I've been able to like talk to him about getting this is over the course of several years. And I would never, ever want to be the head coach of Arkansas. And everybody's talking about like, Oh, he's got the money, dude. Once you have money, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, it's just not. It's, it doesn't change anything. I mean, it can change you. Mm-hmm. Some some people it changes, but I don't want money. I want dubs, and he yeah. wants the same thing. Hey, trust me. Like I, I, it doesn't. After your first rip, it doesn't. It doesn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much money can you possibly spend in your lifetime? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. I've heard Joe Rogan make a similar comment on that. Like you know, when after you make you know a certain amount of money and stuff, you know what I want is is more time. I wish I could figure out a way to get that a little more time. I will. I look up every day and the day is just done. Suddenly it's week nine of the football season and you know you look forward to it so much and it's just a dud. So, well, you got to live a perfect day every day, and for me, that's not just getting on hog sports message boards and starting the same thread about how everybody sucks. Although I did, I did, I don't, I went in on Andrew Ellis. Is that why he's not attending the press conferences anymore? Because of my post. <laughs> you went out on Andrew. <laughs> I got Andrew said coming a, on next, I think, or no, oh, no good, after, good. after Danny. I think you read it. I, I said a chimpanzee could yeah. do his job. Although I, I really just, I was making a joke, but yeah. um, I, I actually like Andrew Ellis. He's, he, well, he see, reminds me, of myself a little bit. Yeah, I get that. So um, same sense of humor. I mean, you, you come after me on the message board also. I, you don't think I see those? I do. I see every once in a while. You say Trey Biddy's not as important as he thinks he is. Yeah, because every <laughs> because and I'm not either. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. I don't you think know I you think show. I feel self important? Of course you do. You talk about the walk and talk like you, uh, am I going to do it anymore? Am I going to do it? I will take it away. I, I may not. I, I'm That's still me in my own I feelings. That's me you just talk a, talking to myself. You understand I'm talking to myself of, here when I'm doing you're that. You're having a stream of consciousness about about how good the walk and talk is. And then, of course, you're validated <laughs> by Josh Pate going on and being yeah. like saying it's the best thing in the network, the national network. I feel like he's right. So I feel like he we'll nailed never that. Get, your head will never fit through another door for the rest <laughs> of your life. I don't even yeah. – again, I think people – think that i have some self-importance and i probably come across that way but i don't even know why the hell i'm on the show i, I give nothing to this show i disagree i mean there are plenty of people that dislike you also but uh a lot of people who enjoy it let's hear in the comments below um should we have keith continue on the show or uh, are you done with him no i haven't been on for a year i've told you no six times i don't want to be on the show anymore that's not what you've said. You've said I don't have time. I can't, I can't because I got I'm selling my house or I've got this going on in my life or you know I've got I've got a meeting or something. That's why you haven't said like I don't want to be on the show because I'm going to have over more it. time because I am going to have more time here pretty soon in about two weeks once this football season's over and I retire. But mm-hmm. yo, you're going to retire. You're calling it. You're hanging them up. Yeah, man. I I'm going to croak on the side. Like I, I'm I'm just not. I choose bad spots to save. That's the problem. And and having that underdog mentality of being from Arkansas mm-hmm. is like I wanna help the underdog and then it's like, oh, the whole thing's broken. Not not just like the football program, it's the whole situation. So anyway, I just I can't I can't save a zip code, dude. Mm-hmm. But um still wanna be the central head coach. It just depends if uh 
my wife stays with me through that or not. Yeah. You think she'd move with you from Arizona to Central? No, absolutely not. But if she leaves me, then I'm going to move back to Pulaski County and run and run that whole business. You, you've already thought about it. <laughs> you've got yeah, well, I've probably given her <laughs> enough cause at this point. Can you imagine being oh, like, God. in a relationship with me that lasts over <laughs> oh, a weekend? God. Oh, mm. Well, um, if you talk to if you talk to Sammy P, tell him to respond to my eight text messages or okay. how many L's we're up to. <laughs> I will. I was like, by the way, Keith's worried about you. All right, Keith. I appreciate you coming on. It's been too long. You think Kenny Guyton's going to run the the Bryle system, or is uh, is going to run gonna, the uh, Georgia system we tried to force on KJ Jefferson? I think we're going to see a lot more tempo and a lot more um, looking like Kendall Bryles. You attended the same practices I did, it, yeah. except I got to be there longer. Cause this was, was not the uh, offense we saw in, in, no. in practices. It's not no. even close. No. They're, every play was an RPO. And think about like how many how many throws downfield we saw to Isaac Tesla, and we're just like, wow, this guy catches everything. Yes. You know, right at the side, deep, you know, deep outs and uh, post pattern. Like, we don't see any of that. And, like, how many – like, we see a lot of, you know um, – you know, tunnel screens, bubble screens, but like they were throwing tons of stuff to uh, to Isaiah Satania, and you know, it took forever for him to even get involved in the offense. Yeah, it just is not. Uh, that's that's the one thing I've been going back to is it didn't make sense just because of what we saw, what they were installing in the spring, and I was like, oh, this is gonna KJ is gonna go crazy next year. But it, and then I really don't like I really don't like the scripted runs for him he's more an improv guy and Mm -hmm. so just uh um let him do his thing a little bit and not and and we've seen that i mean you don't there's not a play call where you're like hey just wing it but um maybe a little bit more like power read stuff from Mm -hmm. the quarterback as opposed to hey we're just going to sweep you out to the left Mm -hmm. you know or whatever and just get blown up i I, let give him a give him a read i almost felt found myself just being like man i kind of hope the 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 pocket collapses early you know quick collapse of the pocket and then get KJ out running. Cause that was, that was like the best play, like the slow collapse of the pocket ended up, in, you know, in something bad, but like if it quickly collapsed, then he'd take off and, and make some positive gains. Since I mean, that's, that's your offense. So frustrating. So you think, you think that the Enos um, firing signifies that Pittman will be returning no. next year? No, I don't think that. I think that he had to fire him because the offense sucked. Um, they needed to change some things up. You know, he talked about spirit within the team, and I, I think that's a big component of, you know, the players just weren't – we talk about fighting for Sam Pittman all the time. I, they just weren't doing that for, for Enos. And so there's a – you know, I think there's a – what's the word I'm looking for? Just a – I can't think of the word, but just – a decision that you make in that regard that sends a message to the team. And at the same time, yeah, I'm sure he's, you know, thinking about his own position, you know, what's best for him and, you know, everybody else who works for him as well. Well, I just look at the fact of how how significant that hire was on defense and how it fast it changed and how much it improved. But, you know, he brought in all his own dudes, and I don't think the OC has really been allowed to do that outside of Deke Adams. Yeah. But um, whoever the next OC is, if he gets another – if Pittman does return, and I, I, I think that's the best decision, um, taking everything out of, out of like, what you said. 
um, about the joint Texas and OU joining the league and all these things. I don't think it's a good time for transition. And I, I, in that recruiting class too, you got to keep it together. And then if he did so well in the DC hire, how give him a shot to get the right OC in here. And then you marry those two together. And I mean, imagine if we had an, any semblance of an offense with this defense. I know it's a shame. It'd be a completely different story. I agree. I agree, but uh, if things don't go right, then, um, you know, people who decided to keep him around, they're on the hook. You know? Well, I don't know if that means Hunter because everything else Hunter. in the program – that everything else in the program is at a national level. Sure, I mean, but you you know understand the how people feel about football, you know. there's There are people – you know, and basketball may be different, but there are people that would trade everything for a good football team. Most people. Most I fans. Guess. All right. Yep. Vote me. Vote me off the show. All right. Vote in. Vote uh, whether yeah, you want to keep no. Keith or or not. All right. Vote brother. no. <laughs> All right. Later, player. All right. Later. All right, everybody. That's Keith Grayson. We're gonna move right on to Danny West because we want to get some recruit reaction. Obviously, uh, Danny's been talking to several recruits, finding out what they thought about the the change in staff. Danny, how you doing? A little bit sick. I want to go ahead and apologize if I sound like crap. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the game. <laughs> I can tell you're a little literally, off. You're you're not too bad, but uh, literally made me sick. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Uh, it was tough to watch on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And you know, you didn't have a ton of recruits at the game, but the ones that made the trip from Alabama and all over the place, and they came in, got to watch uh, just a, an embarrassment of offense. I mean, yeah. I think it says a lot when you put three on the board and you you come away after a game like that and yeah. you get a, a commitment from a kicker. Yeah. You know? uh, so we're, I guess we're. Uh, I was told this morning we are indeed calling this one a scholarship edition. So okay. uh, let's talk about him real quick. We're going with Evan Noel, uh, number one kicker in the country for the class of 2025. Uh, he's out of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He's at a Catholic school there in Mississippi. Uh, Arkansas offered him in June. I want to say he came to a camp, specialist camp, on the 22nd of June, came back for the cookout July 29th, got him on campus, uh, ironically, coincidentally, however you want to say it, against a Mississippi State team that beats you 7-3. to three, And lo and behold, he decided it's time to jump on board. Yep. So a little bit a little bit of strange timing there, but you take what you can get. Obviously, uh, you know, Arkansas has got a little – uh, they've got a pretty good run of kickers here lately. Think sure. about um, what's our uh, what's my man from a few years ago, uh, Limpert. Yeah, and then of course now um, uh, you know Cam. He's got a chance if he sticks around another year. He's got a chance to walk away with every uh, just about every record in, mm-hmm. in school history, topping the great Zach Hocker. So good time for uh, special teams, I guess. But outside of that, buddy, it's just um, uh, it is what it is. Trey, it was a rough one. I didn't go above and beyond trying to track down a bunch of, hey, how was the game day experience for you? Quotes, mm, right. You know, on this one, it was especially after Sunday's news with, with Coach Enos uh, being dismissed. I uh, just kind of uh, sought out their reaction to that news, and I've heard from a few guys on that. Have yet to hear from K.J. Jackson. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's concerning or anything. The quarterback commit for 2024 but did hear from grayson wilson you know obviously the uh, 2025 quarterback commit he was pretty disappointed and rightfully so that was uh, you know coach enos that came in and made a run at him decided to offer and 
and got him on board pretty pretty early. I mean, you think about yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a spring game prior to the start of your junior year. That's that's really early, even for a quarterback. So I'm sure that was his guy and meant a lot to him. And uh, but you know, I'm not seeing a ton of concern. Uh, just kind of a blanket statement here. I, I don't see a whole lot of uh, concern, honestly, mm-hmm. Trey. I, that's not a shot at a coach or anything like that. I'm just, um, you know, I think the class includes some wide receivers that probably are, are coming to play for KG mm-hmm. as opposed to anybody, that, the whoever the OC might be, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Kobe Branham, in-state guy, Braylon, in-state guy. I think a lot of those guys are probably Razorbacks regardless. And, um, and, you know, if there's one guy that I've kind of been circling as somebody to keep an eye on, maybe a little bit of concern, it would probably be Jaden Ball, uh, you know, the kid I like out of Georgia so so well. Uh, but that I don't think that has anything to do with Coach Enos or anything like that. It was just a matter of Florida, the Florida Gators, uh, being five hours from home, making a run at him when Arkansas, of course, is ten and a half. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here – telling you he's on decommitment watch or anything like that all i'm saying is i know for a fact florida is indeed making a uh, somewhat of a push at him so it's worth watching mm-hmm. uh, atlanta kid running back is the plan you got jimmy smith i think that gives you a little level of comfort um you know having jimmy on him so we'll see on that but outside of that the the recruit reaction has been I would say pretty limited, um, had a lot of positive comments. Um, CJ Brown was the first one to hit me up, or, you know, uh, get back to me yesterday, wide receiver out of Bentonville. He just kept it really short and sweet. He said, Hey, I'm on board with, with Kenny Guyton. I think it's a, a really good move. So he was excited. I can read you one that I just got within the last hour or so from four-star Ashton Bethel Roman, four-star wide receiver commitment. And I quote, it's unfortunate that the season has played out like it has, but I'm excited to see what Coach Guyton can do in this new role. Mm. So, end quote. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of that. Haven't seen a whole lot of uh, pushback yet. Not a, a ton of reason for concern. I would mm. I'd say it that way. You know, I always talk about, you know, what it looks like if Sam Pittman is fired at Arkansas. And, I mean, you're going to lose almost all your recruiting class, like all but – probably the in-state guys. Uh, that's usually how it goes. Um, depending on who's retained on staff, too, you know, there's a possibility for that, too. Uh, you're sure. going to lose a ton of players with the team. There's, you know, a lot of these guys, I absolutely love Sam Pittman. So, you would have a, a storm out from the locker room. You know, people are going to be upset. You didn't have that with Chad Morris at all. And, you know, whoever comes in here is going to also experience pretty pretty decent exodus of players leaving. Uh, you could have players that you cheered for your whole life playing for your rivals for rival schools. We saw a little bit of that last year, but um, that's what it looks like initially. And 2024 is, you know, almost just shot. You know, you can almost yeah. guarantee it's shot. And you'll get some good players in from the transfer portal, but you're definitely going to lose uh, more than you have in. Um, the other side of the coin is that you keep Sam Pittman and, you know, things either improve or they don't. And, you know, then you're in 2025, you're going to experience the same thing anyway. You know, yeah. the ideal situation is that Pittman um, turns things around dramatically here at the end and surprises all of us. And we're like, well, I mean, makes a lot of sense to keep him. This is, I'm not saying this is what they should do. I'm just saying this would be probably scenario. the best case that they get things turned around. They win every one of the, these last four games, do it, and the offense is, you know, turned around and you just see new life and everything. And, uh, 
you know, things continue on and Pittman coaches here and then, you know, hands the program off to uh, Travis Williams or somebody else, you know, in the next couple of years or so, like something like that. I think that would be the ideal. I'm not saying or advocating for that to happen. I'm just saying that's what's happened. I want to ask you, Danny, what do you think? I mean, I don't know if I would say like the season ended today, then Sam Pittman would be fired. Mm-hmm. I think he might. I think maybe if the, you know if it was just you know an, an eight game season and this and it was this was it. What do you think Pittman has to do to save his job? Well, it's hard to put a number on it, but I'm kind of with you on the uh, best case scenario thing. I mean, let's, it, it you know let's call it what it is, man. He's had four years now. You've really got four games left to kind of you know, yeah. you've got to. I think you kind of have to end up in a bowl game, don't you? And that's going to require four straight wins starting off in two weeks at a place you've never won as a program, Mm -hmm. you know, in the swamp, of course. Um, Auburn's beatable, but so were BYU and Mississippi State at home, you know. FIU, (laughs) you know, knock on wood, we've seen some some travesties in our day, but uh, you should be able to handle that. And then Missouri, man, when they're good, when they're good, they're really good. So that's going to be really tough. To me, man, here's my biggest concern at this point, if you – even if you do those things, even let's say best case scenario, right? You go mm-hmm. six and six, you're probably going to Memphis or Birmingham, you know, and then now you're trying to hit that transfer portal before you ever get to that bowl game. December 2nd, that window opens. Uh, what does the exodus look like? First of all, I think he's done a really good job culture wise. It seems like they get up off the mat and play for him, all those things. Uh, specifically on defense. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's, you know, as well as anybody, there's a chance you're going to lose some guys in that window. And then, of course, how attractive are you when you've already given a lot of teams that you're going to be recruiting transfer targets against, boy, you've given them a lot of ammo. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to hear the terms lame duck staff and, you know, hanging on by yep. thread and that sort of thing. So my biggest concern right now is the transfer portal. I think it has to be. Because, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in momentum, and you kind of hit on it there. You know, you can win out, and that's best-case scenario, or it can just tank, and you go 0-4, and and it's done for everybody. But where you don't want to be a lot of times is in that middle ground. That's where it gets – you lose momentum. You've already lost it. It's hard to recreate, hard to start over again with momentum because teams with momentum are winning right now or – they're losing so badly that they are going to experience a coaching change. And then you get this new staff in that everybody's excited about. Everything's brand new. That's where momentum comes from change or consistency. So right now they're kind of in this weird spot. I truly think, I know it's, it's tough to, to put a number on it, uh, but I think you got to win a bowl game and that's going to require four and O down the stretch here. I mean, wow. you're, you're four, man. Year four is, is different. Now, if it's year three and, and they had, you know, come up short last year on a bowl, all right, you, you know, of course you get year four. But, man, year four is a tough one. So, I just hate it for Coach Pitt, but um, I think he made a necessary move this weekend. I'm sure people are, are wanting me to just dance on the grave of Dan Enos after having been blocked yeah. on Twitter. I still don't understand that one. He, that he blocked me too. Would. I didn't do anything to him. I mean, I didn't say a word about the offense. I was I was still – He blocked uh, Grant Baker, who's, who's our intern. I mean <laughs> – I didn't even know Grant's last name until you said it right. 
<laughs> no, right. Grant's the best. I, I've enjoyed having Block War uh, Machine, who just does highlight videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little bit weird, man. You know, as somebody, I'll, I'll make it quick here, and not to make it about me, but it, boy, it kind of pissed me off. I ain't gonna lie, Trey. Yeah. You know, I take a lot of pride in, in you know, keeping a um, a reputation. You know, you deal with these coaches. I'm, I'm not trying to. You don't see me out here taking shots at individual coaches. I never did. So. It just it bothered me, but at the same time, I'm not gonna not gonna spike the ball here. I hate to see anybody lose their job, but I will say, you know, I said it before the game. I'll be here a lot longer than he will be, and here we are. Yeah. Well, I think my wife got madder than anything that he had blocked. Nobody's ever blocked me. No coaches. Like, yeah. I've I mean, I've been on Twitter for like what that. 12 years or something, you know. Yeah. And covered a lot of coaches. Nobody's ever blocked me. It just seemed really unnecessary and and kind of disrespectful. Yeah. I agree. All right, Danny. Appreciate yep. you, brother. You got it, man. All See right, everybody. That's Danny West. Hey, just uh, let's look at this real quick. I just want to break this down a little bit, okay? And I think I kind of think where Danny's coming from on he's, Pittman's got to win his next four. I think if he if he wins four in a row to close things out, then he has saved his job. Um, I think he can potentially save his job depending on how things go if he wins three out of four and even if they don't make a bowl game I think he can potentially save it I'm not saying he will or he should let's get that clear I'm not making excuses also I'm just talking about what's happening okay Um, if Pittman wins three out of four I think he can save his job if he wins four uh, then I think he will save his job that's what I think but I want to I want to point this out okay we look at next year's roster and what the potential of the roster is um, and if they can fix things on offense and change things around. I'm not going to go over offense so much, but basically, you know, everybody can return on offense. And by that, I mean K.J. could return. Um, he may not choose to, obviously being a fifth-year senior, but you still have, you know, Jacoby Criswell. I guess I am going to go over it real quick, but, you know, um, all the running backs can be can come back if they want to. Rocket Sanders is going to be gone. He hasn't declared, but he he's gone. Uh, the starting wide receivers can all come back. Andrew Armstrong, Tyrone Broden, Isaac Tesla, Isaiah Satania. Every everybody can come back. They've all got COVID years and such. Uh, Lucas would be back, obviously, for his sophomore year, and uh, Ty Washington as well. Shamar Easter should be about ready to go. Gums, all those guys. Uh, offensive line. And this is where they're going to need some help in the transfer portal. But Kudis, Braun, Limmer, Latham, Manuel, Chambly, all those guys. Takias Crawford, too, if he wants to. I mean, all those guys can come back on the offense. So, like, basically almost everybody. Everybody that's out there right now. Uh, defense, Deshaun Stewart, Davier, Cam Ball, Torian Carter, Keevy Rose, Eric Gregory, Anthony Booker, Ian Gerard, Landon Jackson, Quincy Rhodes, so on and so forth. That whole defensive line can come back. They've all got COVID years or are not seniors yet. Linebacker, Paul, uh, Jaheim Thomas, Crook, Spence, Sanford, all can come back. I mean, you're talking about everybody except for Antonio Greer at linebacker. Safety, Jaden Johnson, who's had a hell of a year. Uh, Hudson Clark, Malik Chavis, Lorando Johnson, Snacks, uh, TJ Metcalf, you know, all those guys that have played. I think Dwight McLaughlin's most likely gone, um, but all those guys could come back. Jaheim Singletary, Quincy McAdoo, maybe, if he's back healthy. Keon Stewart would be a super senior, redshirt super senior. Jalen Braxton, 
plus you're adding guys like Selman Bridges to the fold. Uh, Cam Little could come back if he wanted to. Max Fletcher. I mean, Cam Little could probably maybe go pro if he wanted to. But I'm just saying, like, they could get a lot back next year. They they could. They could get a lot back next year if they could just fix the offense, if they could turn this thing around. But if, if Pittman doesn't turn the thing around, then this is all, you know, it's a blow-up deal. Um there's potential that these coaches, some of the coaches on defense, could be retained, but you never know what you're hiring, um, you know what what they what they want to bring with them and, and things like that. So, um, most likely, all the changes and the progress that they've made as a defense would you know be blown up and uh, starting over on offense, no matter what, and uh, a new guy running things. So, that's kind of what you're looking at. It's unfortunate that things played out the way they have this year. Again, uh, it's been a lot of close losses. All right, let's get to Andrew. Andrew has been all over the place. He was in Birmingham, um, had a friend get married. So he's been traveling a little bit. Yes, got married during football season. Trayvon Diddy, what's up? <laughs> hey, how's it going, Andrew? It's going tremendous, Trey. I'm just, uh, you know, making my way back to Fayetteville, having a great time. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how was your weekend? Oh, it was, you know, it was magical. Everything, you know, fell into place and no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't okay. It was, uh, really disappointing. I mean, we all picked everybody, but Curtis, Curtis said, Curtis was the smart one said, I'm not picking Arkansas to win until they win. Um, and we all picked Arkansas to win the game and we probably should have listened to Curtis, but, uh, but it's very disappointing the way things have shaped out with this football season. And I guess you watched from TV since you were in Birmingham and, uh, you know, you had the opportunity to yell at your television, which is what we don't do in the press box. Before I go any further, I want to go go ahead and clarify for anyone that wants to give Curtis too much credit. He literally wrote his prediction that he doesn't even believe his own prediction. He was just doing it for the sake of doing that's it. Fair. But, hey, that's what we got to do. Uh, I just wanted to get that quick little jab in at my boy Curtis. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, Trey, I mean, this game, it felt like the ultimate culmination. You know, like we've seen every type of offensive struggle you can have. You know, we've some games it's like, oh, the pass rush just got to him or, Oh, some games they just really couldn't get the running back running game going. Some games it was both, and sometimes there was turnovers, receivers. It felt like all of it. It was like today or Saturday was like the the swan song of this offense. It was like this is mm-hmm. this is our masterpiece right here. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, it just I, I I've said it before on this very show. I just cannot believe how badly this went, you know. And it's so weird because you know Sam Pittman makes makes the hire of Dan Enos, and ultimately that could very well end up being his undoing. And it's tough because at the time, again, like we said, it's not like we all knew right away, like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. This is horrible. And, like, it didn't feel like a move. Like, if you'd have told me in January that that move was going to end Sam Pittman's tenure, I would have thought you were crazy. I really – I mean, I just thought that there would have been – there would have had to have been something, like a huge injury to KJ or, you know, multiple guys transferring or maybe like just a huge thing that divides the locker room. It it really is just as simple as the on-field product could not get it done, and it was just bad. And I even texted in the Hog Sports group message during the game where I was like, you know, again, it's the same week. It doesn't feel like this is a team that's quit. It's not an effort thing. It's not even really like a morale. Like, I don't know what it is. It's it's simply just this offense, that scheme just did not work. And I want to ask you, Trey, have we have we seen the last of like the per, the true quote unquote pro style offense in college football? Like, is this the, the final straw here where it's like, this just might not be a thing that you need to do in modern college football. Would you? Do you how do you feel about that? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think there are some you know juggernaut programs that can get away with it, obviously. But uh, the rules in college football have changed in a way that it only makes sense to run a hurry up, no huddle spread. 
I mean, they just have. And I don't like that. I don't like the idea of everything being the same, you know, every, like I can remember back when I was a boy, it was like this team runs, you know, the flex bone and this run, this team runs a pro style attack and this team runs an air raid type of system, you know, and there was just all these different styles of offense. And now there's just like two, two different versions of the spread that everybody's running right now. Uh, But I do think as much as I would prefer to watch, um, you know, this team running the triple option, Nebraska, you know, back in the day, and this team running, you know, an air raid and all that stuff, um, I know that it only makes sense to run a hurry-up, no-huddle spread. That's that's the offense that works in college football today. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's just one of those things where you're, you're just dependent on your offensive line being really good, which is a tough situation to be in when your offensive line is really bad, um, not ideal. Uh, and so it's, it, it is just – it just felt like from the jump that just this thing didn't work. And I thought Sam Pittman's comments at the press conference today were very fascinating. I didn't think he said anything outlandish or crazy. I thought he was as honest as he's ever been, you know, yeah. just saying that, it you know, it just wasn't working. We had to switch things up. The only thing I don't understand is him saying that they have to move the pocket. I mean, we've been saying the move the pocket thing forever. And I, maybe that's what, you know, ultimately led to this whole thing going on is that they're throwing from the pocket 29 times. But – it just seemed like whatever the easiest way to get yards, the, the most efficient way to do things, this offense just nothing. I mean, they had no answers. And, I, you know, I, I, again, like we said, it, it, it's crazy how south this has gone. But I think Sam Pittman has the right mindset here in terms of let's just simplify things as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. And I know people hear him say stuff like that and think it's an indictment of KJ or an indictment of the offensive line or whoever of, like, not being able to understand things. I don't really view it that way. I feel like we have seen evidence – that K.J. Jefferson can lead a very good offense in college football. We've seen evidence. I mean, Rocket Sanders has been hurt. We've seen evidence that that's a dynamic future NFL running back in a real – we've seen these guys be productive on offense before. So I don't buy the idea of like – or the notion that it just was too complicated and it's kind of on them for not picking it up. It's like we see all these offenses around college football all the time. They're simplifying things as easily as they can. Even in the NFL, you look at these teams that draft young quarterbacks and they build their offense around those quarterback strengths and they simplify things as much as they can. I mean, look at the Eagles, watch the Eagles play, watch the Chiefs play, watch the Dolphins who are breaking records in the NFL right now. None of these guys are really doing what Arkansas was trying to do in college in the SEC. And mm-hmm. those guys are more equipped to do it because they have NFL offensive linemen. I just think that, we, you know, it, this whole season has really forced me to kind of reevaluate the way I view offensive football in college in in college football especially i just feel like we've kind of seen enough that if there's so many teams that are having so much success whether that's like air rage hurry up of just trying to be as innovative as creative as they can it just seems like their quarterbacks are playing with so much more freedom and efficiency even and so i I think that they just kind of have to let it all hang out um but i will say trey seems like a lot of people are really expecting this kenny guyton offense now as he takes over the play calling to be completely different than what we've been seeing all year I think we should pump the brakes on that a little bit because I just I can't imagine they're going to change up too much. And Sam Pittman, Sam Pittman said as much that they're not really going to they don't have time to really mm. implement too much. If anything, they're just going to take away stuff. But maybe stop maybe doing that's... maybe stop doing the things that don't work. Like I was, you know, uh, talking like this is not the offense that we saw in the spring. You know, I was talking with great uh, with uh, Keith about that because he came up, he brought a recruit in of his. But, I mean, you remember the offense that we saw in the spring? They were throwing downfield. They were throwing deep outs. They were throwing, you know, it, it just looked a lot different to me. Mm-hmm. Did it not you? No, 100%. And I think, I guess the, the protection and it's not, is it the, wasn't is against, against some scrub defense either, you know. It was against the guys out there that are balling right now. 
hundred percent. And I mean, I, I mean, I remember the spring game. The, my favorite moment of the spring game was when Isaiah got behind the defense and kind of got in the had that slot, you know, streak that he was running. He's got a seam, and it just seemed like the downfield targets. I mean, you have a guy in Isaac Tesla who is a big body receiver who is. I mean, you go look at his Division Two highlight film, which I know it's Division Two. It's like almost all of his production came down the field. Andrew Armstrong's a guy we've seen make plays down the field. Uh, you know, Isaiah Satania, next level speed. It just seemed like going downfield wasn't even an option in this offense. And, hey, maybe the protection was at that point where it really wasn't an option. But if it is, that just points to even deeper issues. And I just think that it seemed like this offense is like chasing their own tail all year, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. And I don't know. It just seems like they uh, – it was like almost stubborn to the point where they're, they're just going to keep doing the same things over and over again. So I'm really fascinated to see just kind of what it looks like. I mean, we said they're not expecting them to – implement too many changes but like what is what does Kenny Guyton look like as a play caller is he going to take a different approach of you know he's a receivers coach who played quarterback uh are we going to see this offense try to be more aggressive down the field or are we going to finally just I just I can't wait to see what direction they take in and I believe we get practice to kind of get a look at what he's doing and how he interacts with these guys and just mm-hmm. just the vibe of the team and uh so I you know maybe maybe this was the the, mo- the best case scenario for us to have a fun last four games here is that we have all these questions we get to figure out. But uh, just listening to Pittman, watching what I saw Saturday, and even after Dan- Dino- Danny Enos being fired, I just it's hard for me to find much optimism in terms of this offense finding some stride down the stretch. But hey, they've got 12 days before Florida. Uh, we'll kind of see what this bye week, what they can do with this bye week, and I- I'm just really interested to see like what this team does next, like what it looks like, because I think we'll know pretty su- pretty soon. I mean, it-, it won't take long for us to figure out if. It's over or not, you know. What's and, Pittman, uh, Pittman got to do? What's he got to do to save I, his job? I think I, I really think there's a there's a path to them. I, I would have said two weeks ago. I would have said they have to make a bowl game. I still think if he goes five and seven, there's a chance they they bring him back for another year. But only because he fired Danny. I think firing Danny knows was kind of that. At least said to me. I was literally in the car with my girlfriend. I turned around. I was like, I think Pittman's serious. He's trying a job. Like that was the. That was step one of, like, you have to have your reasoning. I mean, I don't, even, I don't want to use the term scapegoat, but I feel like you have to have a reason to convince us that things will be different moving forward. And so if you're able to go three and, like, say you lose to Florida, but then you lose, you win the next three, I think that would, you know, depending on how it looks, could maybe be enough to sell us on the idea of maybe there's things going in the right direction. We'll see what Kenny Guyton looks like. But, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's a must win, that they have to win every single game. But I think, it, I think like I said, we'll know pretty soon if this team is – making any progress or if this team's quit or whatever. So uh, I just can't wait to see what they look like. I have, a, I guess I'll have a better, more educated answer after I see them play Florida. Yeah, I mean, when you're in it, you you feel different about it. Like if you're at the back end of them winning three games in a row, you know, and, and they beat Missouri and you're in it, it feels a lot different than if you're – projecting like this is what they need to have happen and and stuff like that but uh, Danny was think, saying they need to win four or he thinks he might be gone I, th- I think if they if he wins all four then he stays and then he's retained especially considering the way that they lost the other ones I mean nobody likes losing close games or any game but it's not like they're getting just the crap kicked out of them week after week that's not happening um, but if they win four then he's keeping his job if they win three out of the four particularly the Missouri game to close things out, then I think that might, I think that might save his job. But that's that's still asking a lot. I mean, say it out loud. They lost six in a row, but they're going to win four in a row, or three of the next four. I mean, yeah, sound foolish um, saying that. <laughs> yeah, 
literally two weeks ago, I was like, it's as simple as make a bowl game, you're 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 good. Don't make a bowl game, you're not. I think there's maybe a little bit more nuance now that we have a you know new guy calling plays mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I, I I agree. I think I'm on those same lines of like four. You're safe. You shouldn't lose your job if you if this team somehow makes a bowl. I mean, I would almost say he needs, dude needs an extension. I really, I mean, it, it would it would be such an impressive turnaround. I still think there's a path. If they only win three and they go five and seven, which honestly I didn't think that was the case two weeks ago, but I think it's going to take at least three. Yeah, I think you're tongue in cheek on the extension part of it. But hey, you don't make yes. you don't. Everybody will complain about this, but this is the way things go in college football. Every two years, coaches either get extended or fired. They will yeah. they will redo the contract if he's if he's if he's held. I, I mean that that's kind of crazy to to hear that right now, but that's just kind of the way it, it has always been extended or fired every two years on the contract. But um, here I'll say this too, uh, Andrew, if Pittman somehow saves his job this year, then he better you know twenty twenty four better be something else. It better be. It better be something else because I don't. Because just making a bowl game in twenty twenty four ain't gonna cut it if he's retained. Oh, I agree one hundred percent. Whether you know whether he's there or not, I think like if there's one more year, it's going to be yeah. There the the pressure that the seat will be as hot as it can possibly be entering a season. But I definitely think there's a path to him, uh, Tim, surviving this thing. And hey, I'll give him. I'll, I'll say this about Sam Pittman. The team certainly doesn't look like they've given up on him. I'll. I'll I mean, right. even as bad as things have been offensively, I don't see a group that doesn't like their head coach or is like done with their head coach, which is something that we've seen when all of these other 10 years are starting to come to an end. Mm-hmm. Will that change in the next few weeks? Who knows? I think that's what maybe, I guess maybe that's the, there, there's Curtis's bur- big burning question. Will the team quit on Sam Pittman? That'll be the burning yeah. question. Number one for the Florida game. But uh, I, I really, I got to say, Trey, I'm like, I don't know if I'm excited is the word, but I'm, I'm really interested to see just what happens, what this looks like. Cause it's going to be kind of a unique situation that we haven't seen in a while. And, I'm, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing just kind of like how they respond and if we get a little bit of that fight and that last uh, last ditch effort from Pittman and his staff. That's Andrew Ellis. You can follow him at Andrew Ellis twenty four seven on Twitter. Does a great job covering all sports: Razorback football, basketball, baseball. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, thank right. you, man. Have a good one. Okay, safe travels. All right, everybody. Andrew Ellis does a great job. So follow him on Twitter if you haven't done so. Andrew Ellis twenty four seven. He's the man over there. All right, we've gone um, almost an hour, so we're going to wrap the show up. Not going to get to any questions today, unfortunately, but I can look at my crystal ball and kind of imagine what they're all about. Probably a lot of Keith Grayson. Should he stay or should he go? Um, Yeah, probably a lot of Sam Pittman. Should he stay or should he go? All right, everybody. Um, Thanks for joining us. One more time, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Ozarks Go, ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. Be sure to put that slash hog in there so they know you came from here. 479-684-4900. If you're disappointed with your internet service, uh, if you are if you don't have internet and you're wondering if they're in your area, then go to the website. You can find out there. They're in northwest Arkansas. Think north of the tunnel. Uh, they just got a foothold in Rogers, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, parts of those areas too. So uh, and continuing to spread out through Fayetteville. So uh, OzarksGo.net slash hog. They have Multi-gig, which I have, is uh, 2,500 megabits per second, lightning-fast internet. Uh, Before that, I had gigabit, which I think is good for most families in terms of bandwidth, everybody being able to use your devices and things like that, several different tiers of internet. Uh, If you call them at 479-684-4900 and schedule an appointment, you'll have a couple of nice guys come in. They'll be in and out of your hair real quick, and they do a great job. Like I always say, 
I've never unplugged and replugged my router. You know, they always say that if the internet's not working, go do that. I've never had to do that because my internet always works. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I want to thank uh, Curtis, or not Curtis, but uh, we'll have Curtis on. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know, think we're doing the show on Thursday, but uh, we'll have Curtis on soon, and uh, he'll do you, – you need to go check out uh, Hall Coops Live also because he'll do a stand-up after the Purdue game, uh, which should be very exciting. I'll be there. Hope you're there too. Uh, but thanks to Danny West. Thanks to Andrew Ellis. Thanks to Keith Grayson for all hopping on the show today. And this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. And we'll catch you next time.